Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Downtown Baton Rouge has come a long way over the past two decades thanks to a lot of careful planning, tireless advocacy, public and private investment, and a commitment from a lot of small businesses to set up shop in the capital city's historic center. My guests today are two of those small business owners and have unique insights on what it's like doing business in the heart of always evolving downtown Baton Rouge. Joining me is Saskia Spanhoff, who co-owns Coach a Restaurant downtown with her husband, Enrique Peñarua. The couple opened the restaurant in 2016 with a focus on locally sourced, sustainable, non-GMO foods and a southern menu that draws on the region's Spanish, French, African, and Caribbean influences. In the years since, it has grown into one of downtown's most popular gathering spots. Saskia is a native of Baton Rouge and LSU graduate with over 25 years experience in the restaurant and wine industries. She has worked at restaurants around the country. Saskia, it's a pleasure to have you in this restaurant with us today. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. With me and Saskia at the table is Scott Hodgen, owner of Tilt, a local advertising firm also based downtown that specializes in branding, marketing, and packaging design for a variety of local products that may be sitting on the shelf in your pantry right now. Some of those include camellia beans, blue plate mayonnaise, Faubourg brewing beer, and big easy kombucha. Scott co-founded the firm in 2005 after spending several years learning the ropes at other local agencies. Today he is managing partner and creative director. And Scott, it's a pleasure to meet you. Welcome. Thanks for being here on Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. And Scott, I love your work. And, and some of those brands I just mentioned are owned by Riley Foods. That's right. Many of them. They mm -hmm. own dozens of brands people don't probably realize. And y'all let a total redesign of their products last year? 2023, uh, a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. We, we've helped them most recently with uh, with Blue Plate. It's kind of the one that's got the most attention recently. But yeah, they own lots of brands, and, and uh, they're all legacy New Orleans brands, most of them anyway. Um, and they felt, you know, it was, a, it was a time for a refresh, and they reached out to us, and it's just been a, it's been a great dynamic uh, partnership since about... Uh, we started working with them right when the pandemic hit. Uh, so since 2020, we've been working with them on and off. And we can link to some of the images on the on the website, so hopefully listeners will be able to see. But um, really beautiful retro stuff. Is that sort of your signature style, or was that something y'all happened to come up with for this one particular client? Uh, it's it's really that was specifically done for Blue Plate. Um, we, we try to not have too much of a signature style. Um, you know, every client is it, their brand is built around their story. Um, so if we had, if we were only good at one thing, we'd be very, very pigeonholed to who we could do work for, or, you know, if the brand was going to be successful, well, can we communicate their story? And, and with Blue Plate in particular, um, you know, they're a hundred year old company with New Orleans roots and, and, uh, they had a visual equity tied back to some of that, that look. 
Um, so we just sort of evolved their, their look a little bit to retain some of that equity, but bring it into a bit of a modern, a modern twist. Fantastic. And Saskia, I want to welcome you to the conversation. Kocha was really an ambitious restaurant when y'all opened on the edge of downtown several years ago. And I think the Renaissance downtown was well underway by then, but y'all had a very aggressive schedule, opened many, several days a week and for breakfast and lunch and dinner. And I remember talking to you and your husband and thinking, oh gosh, I hope they make it. They sound so great. And it was great. And you have made it. How How has it been? Uh, it's been wonderful. We were really um, received by the community. Um, my family had worked in downtown in various positions. My dad had an office in Beauregard Town growing up. Uh, my mother worked for the State Library for some time. So downtown was always something that was in our lives. And uh, when I wanted to open the restaurant, I talked with Enrique about locations. And when we had finally decided on Baton Rouge, um, and I mentioned downtown, and he thought I was a little crazy. He says, it's still not much going on down there. Wouldn't we be better in, an, in a different location? But I've always wanted to see downtown thrive. So for us, that um, that decision we made together, and and it was a challenge the first couple of years. I would definitely say that. Um, as you mentioned, we, we went pretty aggressively with our schedule. We opened for brunch on the weekends, and did lunch and dinner um, six days a week. Um, always want to have one day off that I can spend with my husband, so that's been an important thing for us. But, you know, really the downtown community, the business community, uh, accepted us very quickly. Um, fortunately, I had a lot of old family friends and people that I knew in the community that really um, made a point to be there at the restaurant on a consistent basis, and that always uh, is that's your bread and butters to have those uh, those regulars there. So... That worked. I think people were really looking for a different type of cuisine. Downtown was offering a lot of the same type of food in many different establishments. Um, you know, a little heavy-handed, the typical, you know, Louisiana, Louisiana. <laughs> fare with the fried food and the, you know, heavy sauces. And we really came with something different. And I think that um, helped our um, business succeed in the way that it did. And so. you mentioned, you know, knowing mm-hmm. people. And, and Scott, when you got started now, 2005 it's it's been a minute as they say how how significant was uh, the the local contacts and everything and in playing a role in helping to launch your firm um or or were y'all total newcomers on the block just sort of flying blind and living off of the you know beautiful portfolio (laughs) boards you could draw up for a potential client yeah no well we uh so yeah, I'd had about seven years kind of working in the industry. Um, so I had a lot of local connections. And when I sort of made the leap to go out on my own, yes, the, the local community was was absolutely our our, our safety net. And people uh, basically trusted what I'd done for other people and said, well, if you can do it for them, you could do it for yourself. And, you know, sort of just took that leap. And we were honestly probably probably still are protected by our ignorance um <laughs> by you're still you know, young yeah right <laughs> in a few um, years you'll realize what you don't know yeah and like it's scary 19 years into this thing uh, we still feel like we're we, we have no idea what we're doing so that imposter syndrome is very very real um but yeah no absolutely the the local local support has been tremendous and in downtown we very much had the same thinking of you know it's like well we want to be the the cool young well at the time we were young um downtown felt like the right place for stuff that we did and in down in 2005 downtown was 
dead dead. Really, really dead. dead. Yes. Um, so That was you know, pre-tsunami almost. That was like right was. when the Shaw Center it was, was first r- being built. That's exactly mean, when it was. It yeah. was a different world when it you was, think about that. There was nothing down there. So we, it was, it's been fun. And we've been down, we've been in downtown for 17 of our 19 years. We, mm-hmm. we found a cheap little office away from downtown and tried it and we realized that is not for us. So we quickly about faced and came back downtown and uh yeah we, we have no intentions of going anywhere else and y'all are <clears throat> i mean you're advertising marketing branding but I, yeah. I know a lot of firms and small and medium-sized firms all you know check those boxes it seems yeah. that you would really excel more in one area than another and it seems like y'all are really the packaging branding type of yeah maybe? it's th- there's a lot of the the sort of um the agencies that try to do it all um, and some do it well, uh, but we found that sort of if we can kind of become a bit niche and, and focus more on the packaging and, and that packaging consumer side of things um, really kind of started with us with, with breweries and beer, uh, moved over into the, to the spirits world. That was kind of a, a nice mm-hmm. uh, logical transition uh, and then got into hot sauces and found our way to, to Riley Foods with you know, mayonnaise and it's, it's, you know, kombucha, it, it goes all over the place. But we, it, what we do is basically it's catnip for designers. Like when you're in school, you'll want to do the packaging, you want right. to do the breweries, you want to do the, stuff. yeah, it's the fun stuff. Um, so we've been fortunate enough that uh, we've got a really stable, solid, small group at our shop. Um, and it's, we get to do the stuff that everybody wants to do. And we're just lucky enough to have uh, been good at it enough uh, for long enough that people now come to us for that. So, you know, we, we still do a lot of corporate work. We do a lot of the, you know, a lot of websites, a lot of social media, um, but certainly uh, the consumer packaged goods is a, it's a big part of what we do. And it's, it, you know, we love it. It's a lot That's of fun. That's great. Yeah. And Saskia, y'all's niche, as I alluded to at the beginning, it, a lot of fresh, healthy, locally sourced food with a lot of different influences. And your husband's influence is in... Well, my husband's from Venezuela, and um, we met in the restaurant business, so both working in the front of the house at the time, um, and he is uh, wonderful with the guests. That's his forte. He's definitely a people person, so um, when we were developing the restaurant, um, I'd always worked in the front of the house as well in management, um, went into the wine business, um, became a sommelier. Um, worked that side of the business, but always loved cooking and, and that whole menu creations and um, never did it professionally. Um, but it was definitely the step that I wanted to take. I wanted to challenge myself and, and move more towards the back of the house, as they call it. So, um, yeah, we, we came here and um, wanted to focus on healthier cuisine. We wanted to use local farms. Uh, there were a lot of uh, beautiful people that we met, mm-hmm. young um, inspiring people that were doing farms the right way, were growing organically. Um, so finding these people, um, we were started working with people like Fullness Farms and uh, Mushroom Maggie and just a lot of really, really gems uh, out there. Having the farmer's market a few blocks away, too, is really nice. Um, if I run out of something, I can run down there on a Saturday morning and replenish. Um, but I also got to meet a lot of the, the farmers from that. So what the concept was was to take these local farms, help support their business so that they would survive because it's not an easy business. As we all know, there's a lot of big corporate farms, and small farms are difficult to maintain. So support them, create b- beautiful, healthy food, uh, conscious food, 
um, give people options with vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, people that have dietary restriction, restrictions. Um, be flexible in our cooking also that uh, if somebody comes to us and has an allergy, we can, if you make everything from scratch, you know what's in that dish, so you're able to accommodate people that way. Um, so everything that we make in-house um, uh, is done by our chefs and myself and everyone included back there. We, we do this from scratch. And then influence-wise uh, for our food and um, also it uh, translates into the wine list, we went very international. My family background is uh, my parents are from Holland. Enrique's from Venezuela. Um, being in the wine business, I traveled all over the world. Enrique being in entertainment, um, he managed an actress. He oh, was all wow. over the world as Y'all well. Are fun. So we <laughs> fell in love with food and dining, and you know all the from all the different countries that we traveled. So I wanted to bring that to the restaurant as well. So have people try things that they might not have tried. Change the menu seasonally. So Louisiana seasons, I would say we get two of them. So we usually uh, switch it <laughs> two times a year. In the beginning, I was ambitious and tried to do it four times a year, but it's uh, not necessary because farms are really only rotating crops out a couple times a year. So um, yeah, so it's worked out well. Um, working with the seasons also provides just such beautiful food. Yeah, you know, it it's fresh and it's. I'm a slim. huge fan of the farmers market. Yeah. Uh, many years ago, was editor of the food section at the Advocate, okay. and, and met so many of them in mushroom. Maggie was a guest on this show, mm-hmm. I think, twice, and the, yeah. several of the farmers. So yeah. great, great appreciation for what you say there. And, Scott, tell me a little bit about, because you all stuff is so great looking, how, how many brands um, or customers, you know, do you all represent? And, and in, you're not just in Louisiana. Your map shows that you all y'all have clients all over. Yeah, we're everywhere. Uh, I, I, I honestly don't even know if I would put a number on how many brands we work wow. for. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot. Uh, there's, we're, we're only a, a currently a, a, an 11 person shop. So we, we definitely have a, a bandwidth that we can maintain, but I think probably currently, if I were just to guess, we're probably working on about 20 to 25 different brands kind of at any one time, obviously not all at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of come in and out as they need, but I think we've probably got about 20 to 25 brands that, that we, uh, work with. And that's, that's not even considering all the, the, the corporate clients that, right. we, that we've also got and do more of the traditional B2B business to business uh, design and marketing and advertising and, and stuff for that as well. Um, yeah, so, so it's a lot. how would you, I mean, based on the economy where we are right now and, and here in, in, you know, a Louisiana based business, how is the market for your services? Is there a lot of demand? Are y'all having to really shake the trees? And, and I mean, I know you're obviously competing all the time for yeah. business, but I mean, would you say it's a healthy market right now? And it, it feels healthy. Um, it's, we've been really fortunate that we've never really had to actively go after work. It's, we, we very much have been referral based for, for much of our time. Um, you know, it never feels like we're sitting around just waiting for somebody to, to call. We've always got something, but uh, it, it, it does feel healthy at the moment. Um, obviously, you know, stuff changed during the, the pandemic. And at the time, it Riley popped into our lives at, at the perfect time because everybody was staying home and cooking more. And that was what they were doing. And then behind that, people kept drinking during, <laughs> during the pandemic. So, uh, you know, that was during the, sort of the craft brewery explosion yep. was around then so we were we were definitely there was about a minute we were like oh what are we going to do everybody was thinking that in 2020 what what happens you know are we going to be able to survive this and it became apparent very quickly that 
um, our current workload at that time was was super stable, um, and we've just sort of just kept on. And you know, like I said, we're we're diversified enough that we don't have our all of our eggs in one basket. So as the the craft brewery explosion has now fizzled, and sort of these breweries are sort of going close, closing their doors, unfortunately, so a lot of them. So um, that you know, we weren't so heavily leveraged in in sort of the brewery side that we're, we're panicking. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Scott Hodgen of Tilt and Saskia Sponhoff of Kocha Restaurant. I'll continue our conversation when we come back from this short break. Support for Out to Lunch Baton Rouge comes from Adata Corporate Staffing, Basics Swim and Gym, and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, Michelle Weighing and Measurement, Calibration Services and Measurement Equipment since 1947. New Orleans ice cream, available in select grocery stores, and Rev Realtors. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Scott Hodgen of Tilt and Saskia Sponhoff of Kocha Restaurant. Saskia, I remember during the pandemic, y'all were one of the first to do the, the, the pocket, um, the sidewalk dining. And just charming and delightful. And mm-hmm. if, if you go to New York or D.C. right now, you still see so much of that Correct. on the sidewalks. And uh, that really helped sustain y'all during that tar- tough time most definitely we um it's funny because we were approached the year prior um to do a pop-up kind of parklet and to see if that would be something that we would enjoy um on a permanent basis and um we had the guys come out set up for a day and i said i love it it reminds me of europe yeah. it reminds me of other cities why doesn't louisiana do this more often um obviously the excuse is oh the weather you know and um, so we actually built that out. It was finished in December um, before the pandemic. And I went and bought all the furniture and fixtures, got everything ready. And I said, well, in March, we'll do a big party and we'll close down the street. We'll do a band. We'll get, you know, really blow this out and have fun with it. Pandemic hits. And I said, thank God I have all this stuff in my garage right now. Wow. So we set up the patio and got it ready and started serving guests. Um, we closed the restaurant. I want to say it was not more than two weeks. I think it was actually less. Um, reformulated our menu a bit, trying to figure out where we were going to get product. You know, the pandemic just posed a lot of um, questions and a lot of obstacles at the same time. Did we want to do the family style meals, all that kind of stuff? You know, what are we going to do? And we decided, you know what, we'll stick true to our to our brand and we will continue to uh, supply people with healthy, good food um, as opposed to doing these big, big take home uh, dishes. And so people started to dine and, you know, heaters on. Uh, they didn't care. It was January, <laughs> February. They came out and um, got stuff and obviously we are to go business definitely increased and people took things home as well but um the the patio for us definitely was a saving grace that's um, fantastic and it's continued to be quite popular so. and so it, it is that's yeah great. yeah so um how do y'all how is downtown doing now in your estimation as as you know merchants uh, business people down there um i think they're probably more full-time residents down there than in at any time and with the Mike Wampold's watermark building you know Mm -hmm. opened in Mm -hmm. in 2023 brought more people I mean I think it continues to grow you've probably got a better feel yeah I think it's definitely you're definitely seeing more um permanent residents um I think the area that still needs some growth is the retail uh, side of things in the downtown it would help with uh the um 
traffic that we get from the uh, cruise lines that come through, um, that's increased in the amount of boats we have docking in, in Baton Rouge. So I think, you know, to have more retail would definitely help the situ- situation. But we we have seen that grow as well. Um, you have the guys that came from Circa and opened up a beautiful little gift shop on North Boulevard. I think that was a great move on their part just so that people have something to bring home, a little memento from Baton Rouge for all the tourists. I do notice a lot of people also stopping through Baton Rouge on their way between maybe Texas and Florida. We get a lot of customers that come to the restaurant and they want to go around, see the museums and get a feel for Baton Rouge. Uh, I think definitely during the pandemic, people were avoiding New Orleans and actually coming to Baton Rouge, which was nice. Um, The hotel business has grown also with a new... um, you know, from everything from the Watermark to the New Origin Hotel, which just recently opened. So I think all of these are really healthy signs for Baton Rouge for downtown. And there's some new retail in the Origin, I think, as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. See, Excellent. that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Scott, when you're competing for um, an, an account or a project, does being in Baton Rouge hurt you? Say, if you're going after a job in a bigger market, do people care or look down their nose at talent from the provinces and maybe think that... We're not able to, you know, deliver no. what a New York or Dallas or Atlanta firm could do. No, I, I, I don't know that I've ever, I don't know that we've ever lost out on anything because of our location. Mm-hmm. Um, lessons learned uh, along the way of, of basically uh, not necessarily going to visit clients more. Like that was something I learned early on. Like we missed out on a, a really nice rebrand. They were in North Carolina. We didn't realize how much effort they were wanting in this proposal Um, and so some competitor from Cincinnati they flew in you know their work was probably great what they did was great um, but it was just that extra little like that that being in front of them helped Mm -hmm. Um, but in general being in Baton Rouge has not been a hindrance the the internet changed the game entirely for a while it was FedEx right because we can get packages off overnight and Mm -hmm. then as the internet kind of caught up with speeds and file transfers and stuff proximity has not been a problem if anything it's our location and our cost of living here keeps our 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 relative cost lower than some of the bigger agencies um so we compete because of of what we do we do compete with agencies and in bigger markets and like in napa you know competing with some beverage-based design agencies in in napa and stuff like their 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 price is so much higher than ours um but their quality isn't so, you know, we, we've definitely swung people the other way and they see, well, you know, these guys are in Napa and they're charging $500 an hour and here's these guys in Baton Rouge that are a fraction of that and the quality is the same and I can pick up the phone and talk to the guys at Tilt. Um, you know, we're all very much the, the creators and doers. Like when you, when you come to us for a project, you get us. Like we didn't start the business to then just hand it off to designers so that we can go and do something else and just sell. We are... You know, we are behind the computers. We are still very much involved day to day, and that uh, that you know it helps keep the quality up. That so, is great. Yeah. And are most of your designers and creative talent here in Baton Rouge with you in the office, or are they remote, or we, somewhere out of state? We are all in house except for two, um, and we had two that probably. Uh, so Christine has been with us for almost ten years now. I think Chris has been with us for almost eight. Um, I'll, I'll hear about this if I'm wrong, um, but uh, they both they both moved. They had uh, opportunities to move out of state, but basically said, you know, can we continue to work for the company? And I was oh, like, I will wonderful. be upset if you don't. So, um, but other than those two, everybody's uh, everybody's 
at the office downtown. Such a great story. And Saskia, I know we talk to people a lot in the restaurant and hospitality industry about the workforce challenges, mm-hmm. especially since the pandemic. Have you all had trouble attracting talent, you know, to the kitchen or to the front of the house staff? Um, the front of the house hasn't been as much of a challenge. I would say maybe the bar because they're the um, they're the creators, uh, definitely in the front of the house. But we like our cocktails programs, and so. Uh, the bar, I would say, might be a little challenging at times. Um, the kitchen staff definitely has been a challenge, but I've been fortunate to have uh, my chef de cuisine, Nathan McCam, with me for six years, and he's really a beautiful talent. I've watched him grow, and he's very loyal, so it's been nice. And we're seeing that we're, we're getting more and more people attracted to what we're doing, just the creativity aspect of it. It's, you know, they're not just coming into a restaurant and producing the same item over and over again. Um, we really allow a lot of creative freedom um, in uh, what we produce. So I think that's um, attracted some, some new talent, which is fun. Well, Saskia Sponhoff and Scott Hodgen, it's so refreshing to meet engaged, enthusiastic entrepreneurs who are bringing excellence to their respective sectors of the local economy and breathing new creative life into downtown Baton Rouge. It's been a pleasure visiting today. Thanks so much for joining me on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thanks for having us. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Saskia Sponhoff of Kocha Restaurant and Scott Hodgen of Tilt. We edited this show to fit into our time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Saskia and Scott on the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast on your podcast app and on our website. It's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from the show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Today's photos were taken by J.T. O'Neill. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producers are Peter Raschuti and Anne Edelman. Today's show was engineered by J.T. O'Neill. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansour's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2 for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.